Welcome back into another edition of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. I'm your host, Carter E. This is episode 21. Uh, sitting across the desk from me, as always, is my producer, Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of InstImage.com. Feel free to check out his work there. And then, of course, today's main sponsor, Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can check them out online at DoubleJAutoNV.com. We've got a little bit of a shorter episode for you today, but that comes after we had the most listens of uh, this podcast, Young Life, from last week. So a big shout out again to Douglas head coach Ryan Gonzalez for joining the program last week. If you did not catch that, you can find that on our website at www.recordcourier.com backslash sports or nevadaappeal.com backslash sports. There is a behind the bench tab there where you can listen to the podcast. For those of you unaware, we are on iTunes and Spotify as well. You can subscribe there and the podcast will automatically download every week. Once it is uploaded, download straight to your phone and you can listen through that way. I know there are a couple other podcasts that are also named behind the bench. I didn't do my due diligence there, but I guess with my name in it helps a little bit, but it is, it, it took me a second to find on iTunes and Spotify. That's all I'll say. However, like I said, you can always listen through our websites, so no need to go searching too hard if you don't want to. I know we talked a lot about Douglas baseball last week, but Jeff, guess what? They haven't lost. They keep winning. They keep winning. They are now 16 Easy and three. to talk about. 16 and three, 10 and one in the class 5A North they won against Spanish Springs this past week, 7-6. Then they had a combined no-hitter against Reed and a 5-1 win. And then they took down Galena at Galena over the weekend by an 11-3 final. In that game against Galena, Thomas Young and Carson Hill both hit home runs for the Tigers. Ashton Davenport went 4-5 for five with four RBIs and... Yeah, like I said, 16-3. and three. That is now <laughs> uh, 15 wins in their last 16 games for the Tigers, I believe, because they started the year 1-2. and two. So do the math from there. Yeah, 15-1 and one over the last 16 games there. Uh, and that game against Reed, I was in attendance for that. Well, in attendance between that one and softball sometimes. I have uh, some split duties there when you got two games that start at the same time. However... Kagan Snooks and Caden McDiver combined for a seven-inning no-hitter for the Tigers there. Keegan Snooks got the starting nod. He threw five innings of work in that one, and then Caden McIver came and took over in the last couple of innings to close that one out. Head coach Ryan Gonzalez said that Snooks had been battling a little bit of uh, a little bit of sickness, so they were just kind of easing him back into the things. Said it wasn't a wasn't any is any indication of his performance to pull him out after after five innings. Just kind of what they had in mind, and I know managing wear and tear and stuff like that, especially through a through a season that is still still relatively young, despite being nineteen games in, is uh, important. Obviously, we still got about a month until we hit regional play there, so it's definitely something to keep in mind in the process. Snooks struck out three. McIver struck out a pair. Reed did end up getting a run across in the seventh inning on a walk and then a couple errors, but sometimes that's just how it goes. Still a no-hitter nonetheless. Gabe Natividad was three for four with three runs in that game for the Tigers. They just continued to do everything well. They, I mean, you obviously have a pitching staff, like I said. You got a combined no-hitter. You still have your ace in James Hubbard as well. You got, you know, other guys around around the uh, the bullpen there that, that can help out a lot and that have helped out. A lot so far. I mean, Brendan Melendow has thrown almost 20 innings, and he is sitting with 
in ERA of 2.49. So he's still looking pretty impressive. Keegan Snooks' ERA is just under 3.7 in 19 innings of work as well. And then McIver's thrown 17 innings and has appeared in eight games so far this season. They've done a lot of things well, as I, you know, I'm repeating myself now with, with that. But, I mean, 169 strikeouts and 123 innings for the Tigers through 19 games of the season. That's pretty impressive. That's well over a strikeout and inning, which will get the job done around these parts. And, like I said, 16-3 and three right now. I mean, the belief has got to be very strong if you are a Douglas Tiger baseball player, fan, or just relative uh, spectator, I guess it is. They are, I mean, outside of Reno right now, they are the team to beat. Uh, and I'm sure they're starting to put a target on their back, which is uh, maybe not necessarily something they thought they might be able to say at the beginning of the season. But alas, here we are. And uh, yeah, so three wins last week for the Tigers that is coming after that tend to win over Reno from April 2nd. Um, while that Douglas baseball game was going on, Douglas softball got a chance to return home for their second home game. <laughs> it was their 19th game of the season and only their second home game. Sometimes that's just how scheduling goes when it comes to high school softball and, you know, those road tournaments that take you all over the, the place. Uh, however, Douglas softball now with 21 games under its belt, 15-5-1. and one. Lillian Lee, sophomore for the Tigers, has been tearing it up. She's hitting 424 this season. She has seven home runs and 23 RBIs. She also homered in their win against Damani Ranch on Thursday, which was a 10-0 final. Riley Blair also belted a high pop fly out to left field, which cleared the fence. She said it was the highest pop fly I think she's ever hit as she crossed home plate, which was Pretty funny if you ask me. They responded with a doubleheader against Reno, a 5-0 win, followed by an 18-0 win for the Douglas softball team there. In the 5-0 win, McKenzie Willis had 17 Ks, allowed one hit in seven innings of work. And then in that second matchup on Friday, Talia Tretton picked up the win in three innings, only one hit allowed, one walk, and eight strikeouts through 35 strikes on 46 pitches to get Douglas to 15-5-1 on the year. Like I said, Lillian Lee leading the way for the Tigers as far as the deep ball goes with seven home runs and 23 driven in. Talia Tretton's hitting 564 from the plate for the Tigers in 14 games played. Haley Wilkinson also doing a nice job with a 409 average. Riley Blair's got a 407 average. And then Emma Stagliano with a 400 batting average. So Tigers doing a good job on the softball field of really knocking the ball around. They got 144 RBIs in 21 games. So a little over seven, maybe right around seven runs a game, which is pretty nice for the softball team there. On the pitching side of things, nothing to be... I guess terribly surprised about. They've been quite dominant. Uh, McKenzie Willis with a 1.6 ERA so far. Talia Tretton with a 2.9 ERA. McKenzie Willis has struck out 118 batters in 64 in a third. Talia Tretton's only tossed 35 and a third innings so far this season. However, she's got 55 strikeouts as well. For Douglas there, a team whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitched of 1.1, which is exactly where you want that anything around one or under 
start hitting that 1.4 range, get a little high. But yeah, anything 1.3, 1.2, and down is is really nice. Basically, means you're allowing one person on base per inning, which makes it pretty tough to score if teams can only get one one base runner on per inning. So yeah, Douglas softball, like I said, sitting at 15, five, and one. Apologies if you can hear anything in the background. I believe there's a little construction going on at the the offices at the moment. I don't think you can, but just in case, I figured I'd cover my bases there. Carson Softball got a couple of wins over Galena after falling to McQueen earlier this week. They sit at 8-6 and on the year. Casey Johnston has quickly decided she's going to be the long ball threat for the senator. She's got six home runs so far this season, including one in those wins over Galena over the weekend. They are starting, starting to figure it out. Obviously they, you know, went on the road, had a couple of, they've also had a couple tough losses to some, some good teams here in the North, but have definitely started to piece things together over the last couple of weeks. Casey Johnson now has hits in, I believe, her last eight games in a row. So a pretty nice streak there for the Senators. Katie Farnworth looked rather impressive in the circle for the Senators against the Grizzlies, where she had 17 strikeouts and six innings of work in their 9 nothing win. In the 15-0 win, she was also in the circle as well. She had six Ks over two innings before Shannon Von During took over and through the final inning there. They put up 11 runs in the first inning. Farnworth drove in three of those RBIs. Corinne Duran had two of her own. Obviously, like I said, Casey Johnson homered in that game as well. She finished with three RBI. Isabel Reyes and Keely Franco also drove in some runs there for the Senators, who are now 8-6, and six, like I said, on the year so far this season. They turn around with a week off, I should say. I know we've been looking through the schedule this week, Jeff, and not a lot going on in the uh, the baseball and softball ranks, at least out out in this part of northern Nevada. I know Carson High hits its spring break this week, so that could definitely affect some scheduling there, though they do have a track meet Tuesday out at Spanish Springs. We will get to some track results here in just a second. Carson, per their schedule, returns home on the 21st of April in 10 days against Damani Ranch. At the moment, Carson sits in fourth place in the 5A North softball standings. Reed and Spanish Springs are both unbeaten at the top. Douglas is 5-1 in northern Nevada play with that one loss coming to Spanish Springs in extra innings uh, about a week or so ago. And then we got Reno and McQueen at 2-3. and three. Damani Ranch and Bishop Minogue sitting there with a win each, though the Miners have lost 10 in a row now. And Galena at 0-5 in league play there. Over to Carson Baseball, which picked up a 5-4 win over Reed last Saturday, but then dropped its next three over the course of last week. They fell to Bishop Minogue 10-2, Reno 14-0, and then Galena 5-3. They now are 3-13 on the season. Excuse me, 3-12. and 3-12-1 on the season. That one tie keeps messing me up there. They head down to Las Vegas this week where they have a quite a few games, at least four on their game changer schedule so far where they look to maybe make some noise down in Vegas and pick up a few more wins there. 
So far this season, Trey Thomas is leading the Senators at the dish with 14 hits in 15 games. He's got a 400 batting average with 10 RBI driven in and a pair of home runs. DeCarlo Quintana also has a home run for the Senators. He's hitting 250 right now. Tanner Boheimer is at 364. Otherwise, every other Senator hitter is hitting under 300 at the moment. On the pitching staff side of things, Aiden McNabb's been pretty solid for them with a 3.45 ERA in five appearances. Trey Thomas is next with a 4.92 in seven appearances. Tyler Palmer has a 2.86 ERA in five appearances as well for the Senators. Over to track where both Carson and Douglas competed at the North Valley's relays last Thursday. Jeff, I know we've talked a lot about that uh, Carson-Douglas rivalry, especially on the girls' sprint side. Well, in the 4 by one it went 2-3. Carson finished second. Douglas t- took third. They were just about a second apart in that relay team. However, 4 by 2 was the same result. Carson first, Douglas third by a difference of seven-tenths of a second there. Uh that four by one relay team for the Senators was Natalie Wakeling, Ava Brim, Addie Morgan, and Allison Murphy. The only difference on the four by two team is Rachel Bush replaces Allison Murphy there. For the Tigers, it was Julian James, Bliss Moody, Sarah Weaver, and Jessica James as well. Both running the both of those foursomes running the four by one and four by two. Carson's 4x4 team on the girls' side also took first place in 4-12-16 uh, between Wakeling, Morgan, Brem, and McKenna Budd. They did exactly the same thing in the 4x8 where McKenna Budd, Ella Dooley, Kaylin Bloomfield, and Ginny Ponzak took first place in 10-28-23. Douglas was 13th in that same event. However, in the sprint medley relay, the Tiger girls were in first. Carson took fourth though only a couple of those same runners in that one. In the distance medley relay, Carson was 6th. Douglas was 11th. On the shot put side of things, in discus, Sophia Marchette for Douglas continues to do well there. She won the discus with a new personal record throw of 103 feet, 3 inches. She was second in the shot put with a throw of 30 feet, 6 inches there. In the high jump, Freshman Bliss Moody cleared 4-11 to take second place for Douglas. Carissa Bilderbach set a new season record with a 10-foot clearance in the pole vault to win the North Valley's relays for the Tigers. She was 11th in the long jump as well. On the boys' side of things, it was a little bit of the same. Douglas' 4 by 2 relay team took second. A.J. Thurston, Grady Friendsdorf, Isaiah Middaw, and Dakota Jones Finished in a time of 133.35 to take, like I said, second in the 4x2 relay. In the 4x4, Carson was fifth. Douglas was seventh. However, it's the 4x8 where you start to see those Carson boys distance runners uh, take advantage of some of those results there. They finished in first in 845.24 between Nick Patine, freshman Sawyer Macy, and Tristan Rutledge, and then senior Hunter Mathais. In the... Discus Zane Ferguson for Carson had a toss of 143.5 for a new personal record. That was a first place toss there. And in the long jump, it was Douglas's Rock Gignac edging out Isaac Ovina by a quarter of an inch 
for eighth place in the long jump. That's pretty much all I got for results from this past week. This week upcoming, we should have some more signings. We obviously had one last week as Nicholas Mel Melsheimer of Carson High Swimming committed to Colorado Mesa as a Division II school, obviously in Colorado, as the name implies. However, a program that is highly competitive at the Division II level. In fact, I believe they were fifth or sixth as a team at the national meet last year. So he will plug and place into a very quality program there. Otherwise, Jeff, do you watch any of the Masters this week? Any? Are you a golf fan at all? Get any uh, opening day baseball into your system? Anything like that? Definitely no baseball. Um, I, I would have liked to have watched the Masters, but uh, that didn't work out. Uh, Saturday we were tied up in Reno almost all day with two separate soccer games five hours apart, which is... Do you come home? Do you not come <laughs> home? So we decided to stay. Scotty Scheffler won his fourth tournament in his last six appearances. The man has completely changed his life in the last two months. He's now the, well, was the number one golfer in the world. Very quickly backed it up with a green jacket. Just overall very impressive. He also chipped in on the third hole on Sunday, and it pretty much looked like it was his tournament to lose from that point on, if you didn't already feel that way. I know some people were holding out hope that he might fall off, I think, for more of their gambling bank accounts. than well, uh, I think a lot of people were hoping Tiger was going to win it again. Yeah, well, I would have made some money, but I only bet two bucks on, on uh, Tiger to win there. So uh, he had looked to have good. been a long shot. Though. He, he was it was 40 to one. Yeah, yeah, it was it would have it would have surprised a lot of people had he done that. He looked pretty good day one shot under par day one. And then, uh, you know, I think just it's a long course to walk it's it's a heavy burden it, it is not flat it is lots of undulation to walk so if you're you know haven't played a competitive tournament in 500 plus days it's gonna wear and tear on the body after 72 holes in four days but uh, i believe the tweet i saw this weekend was tiger hadn't played a competitive tournament in 500 some odd days and uh outshot eight of the top 12 golfers in the world they won at the masters so there's no uh, no reason to fret too hard over Tiger Woods. If you are a, a fan there, I'm sure he will be back, and he has also confirmed his uh, want to play in the next major. So there will be more Tiger to watch there. Baseball opening day was this past week as well. San Francisco Giants sitting at 2-1. and one. I usually follow the A's, but with the fire sale they did this offseason, I may not follow the A's very much. I couldn't even. T I know they lost to the Phillies a couple times this weekend. I you won't be able to help yourself. You'll be peering over that bay and look and say, <laughs> "Hey, what's going on over there?" So yeah, nothing, nothing too much to report on that end of things. But that's going to do it for episode twenty-one of Behind the Bench. A big shout out again to my producer Jeff Mulvihill in InstaImage.com, where you can find his work as well as today's main sponsor, Double J Auto NV in Gardnerville. That is W www.doublejautoenv.com you can check them out online thanks again to them like i said for being today's sponsor but that's going to do it once again i'm your host carter Ashley. you can check out all of our coverage online at the nevadapeel.com and recordcourier.com thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week